sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. Week number three of the National Football League regular season is now in the books. Coming to a close last night in New Jersey at MetLife Stadium. An NFC East showdown between the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. In following three weeks of NFL action there are only two remaining undefeated teams because the New York Giants have their unbeaten streak snapped at two two and one is what the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys both are as Cooper Rush and the Cowboys go into New Jersey last night and get a victory 23 to 16 Dallas wins outright as a one and a half point underdog and you see that total 23 16 39 combined points depending on where you got the over under either you were celebrating in what was an ugly game or you were absolutely miserable the total closed at 38 in a hook but for most of the week leading up until that Monday night finale for week three the over under stood at 39 and a half primetime games now if you take the closing number of 38 and a half seven of them under only three games over but if you got the 39 and a hook earlier in the week it goes under yet again Dallas goes over their team total of 19 and a half the New York Giants go under theirs was also at 19 and a half but New York the over had the juice the under the juice for the Dallas Cowboys again that should show you it was just a one and a half point spread for last night's game it was expected to be competitive and it really was this is Cooper Rush's team right now as we await the return of Dak Prescott and currently Cooper Rush is absolutely balling maybe balling is not the right word but he's won all three of his starts that he has made for the Cowboys dating back to last season and all three of those starts his Cowboys have gone in as the underdog Cooper Rush certainly keeping Dallas above water right now and last night a big focus was on that ground game the two-headed attack in the Cowboys backfield of Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and the return of a healthy Saquon Barkley well all three of those backs mentioned all went over the rushing yards prop last night let's start with Saquon Barkley he had the highest number 14 carries 81 yards over that rushing yards prop of 76 and a half and he scored a touchdown he also had four grabs for 45 yards that's 126 combined yards from the line of scrimmage Saquon Barkley so far in the three games for the Giants averaging a buck 36 in combined yardage in the first three for New York and as you look at the boys backfield as well Zeke over his rushing yards prop finishing with 73 on the ground Tony Pollard over that century mark 13 carries 105 yards it was Ezekiel Elliott who scored the touchdown and speaking of rushing Daniel Jones also adding and utilizing his legs as well nine carries 79 yards for Danny Dimes but he was just 20 of 37 through the air 196 yards a final interception late in that fourth quarter and he was sacked four times and pressured a ton more Micah Parsons is legit that Dallas front seven is legit Cooper Rush on the other side a very clean game 
21 of 31, 215 through the air over his passing yards prop of about 208 and a half and finishing with a touchdown. He stayed upright the entire game. The New York Giants did not sack Cooper Rush last night on a Monday. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the opening hour of a Tuesday live on the morning after. All across the grid, Sirius XM Channel 159 and all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday, recapping the finale on a Monday night in MetLife of week number three of this NFL regular season. Only two remaining unbeaten teams left in the National Football League as the New York Giants have their perfect season ended at 2-0. They are now 2-1, as are the Dallas Cowboys. Now, as we look at the NFC East, it is the wackiest division in all of football, but you already know that. No repeat champion in this division since 2004. The Cowboys won this division a season ago, but the Cowboys are 2-1. The Giants also 2-1. The Eagles, the lone remaining unbeaten in the NFC at 3-0, and even the Commanders have a win. That's a combined record in the NFC East of 8-4. and four. It's the best win percentage all around the National Football League within a single division this year, so maybe the NFC East is the most competitive and we saw some pretty big movement following the outcome last night between the boys and the giants the dallas cowboys now move up to the second best price and by nearly over two dollars plus 650 before the game now plus 430 the giants move back from plus 700 before monday night now 10 to 1 on this tuesday morning the commanders remain having the longest odds and the eagles still a big substantial odds on favorite at minus 310 but they did enter last night as minus 340. Philly now, the second best price to win any division in all of football, even within the NFC, only behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are still minus 340 to win the NFC South. So that is where things stand in the NFC East right now. Again, 8-4 and four for a combined record in this division. The best win percentage of a division currently in the National Football League. The Cowboys go on the road, winning outright as a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Cooper Rush now, in his three starts over the last two years, booked as a dog on that closing number, entering every game. And the Dallas Cowboys, a perfect 3-0 and straight up and against the spread with Cooper Rush as their starting quarterback. So what does this mean for the NFC? The Eagles are the favorites in the conference. We break it down with Kevin Walsh, a man that loves his birds. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's a brave new world in the National Football League, and it's a tangy Tuesday, live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, all across the Spiz Grizz network. Of course, if it is the Spiz Grizz, that means old K-Dubs. Kevin Walsh is here on a tangy Tuesday as well. It's a brave new world in the National Football League, Kev, because there are only two remaining undefeated teams in all of the NFL. In the AFC, it's the Miami Dolphins, a perfect 3-0. In the NFC, it's your Philadelphia Eagles, a perfect 3-0 as well. And as we woke up on a Monday morning, following the Sunday slate in the National Football League, week number three, it was those birds as the favorites 
to win the NFC Championship. Congrats to you, Kev. The Philly Eagles, a favorite to win an NFC Conference Championship. Yeah, it's fantastic to see. I, I think it's primarily earned as well. We could talk about the Bucks and what that team looks like when they're fully healthy. It seems like we're at a point, though, where the Bucs kind of have to prove themselves to some, and I think that's okay. I think that's understandable. Yeah. The offense has obviously been pitiful through three weeks. The Packers are a team that I don't think many are going to rebuy into, even though it feels like they're going to win 13 uh, games again. But I just kind of a tough thing with the Packers, and they burn people back-to-back -back years. And the Rams uh, obviously have a bit of a drop-off as well. But the Thursday night opener was so ugly, I don't think people have been wildly impressed. Meanwhile, the Eagles are treating NFL games like Alabama versus Vanderbilt, going into a shell in the second half and just turning the lights off. And, nothing, and it's not even mattering. They have not scored in back-to-back -back second halves, and it's been completely irrelevant to yep. the final tally, covering the number, the, the whole deal. It, like Jalen Hurts' statistical, you, would, you wouldn't think that Hurts did nothing in the second half of back-to-back -back games when you look at the numbers that he's putting up. That's how dominant early the Eagles have been in some of these football games. It's a really good point. Philly beating Washington on the road on Sunday as a touchdown favorite in a divisional game, again, away from home and easily covering that number, winning by more than two scores. And two weeks ago on a Monday night in the home opener against the Minnesota Vikings, winning that game by 20 points and easily covering as a two and a half point favorite. It was allowing the Lions maybe to crawl their way back into a game that made it interesting because of the spread, but not really the outcome. Week number one, that's the only game mm -hmm. Philly has not covered so far this year. And Kev, it's all fascinating to me because we always paint the path to an NFC championship market, right? Correlating the odds as a favorite for Philadelphia right now with where their numbers stand across the rest of the league. Philly entered last night on a Monday in an NFC East showdown, not obviously in action, but their odds affected on this Tuesday morning. They were minus 340 were the birds to win the NFC East division yesterday. Now minus 310, the second best number in all of the NFL to win a division. The Bucks still have the best price though, Kev. So when you look at correlating those markets, Tampa is certainly going to be there. And the Bucks, as you saw, alongside the Green Bay Packers, the second best price in the NFC at four to one, only 30 cents behind Philly. Yeah, so just quickly on the on the two lower prices there. I, I, Green Bay, with how Minnesota looked versus Detroit, right? I'm surprised that Green Bay, to some degree, isn't a little bit stronger of a favorite. The Rams yeah. are going to go to San Francisco on Monday night. That's going to shake those odds up either direction with however that results uh, result does land. The beautiful thing for Tampa right now is the rest of the NFC South looks horrendous, Saints included. But as I've told people many times, some think I'm kidding. Some understand that I am the least biased man in the history of sports media. The Philadelphia Eagles are far too strong of a favorite right now, I think, in the NFC East. The Dallas Cowboys and the Birds were booked at nearly identical prices before we started this season. Then they lost Dak Prescott and obviously were awful in their opener versus Tampa Bay. And the Cowboys were over 10-1. to 1. They had the worst odds of any team in the NFC East to win the division. Well, since then, the Cowboys have gone 2-0. and and next week, they're favorites again. We'll see how that game plays out. But at least they're favorites in the game. And we're hearing Dak Prescott will be back after the game against Washington. Be able to play against the Rams. Be able to play against the Philadelphia Eagles. 
I'm not saying that the Cowboys should be favorites in the division. The Cowboys should have been favored in the division before the season started. But if you told me the Eagles were minus 210 instead of 310, I wouldn't think that was slander. I think what we're seeing right now is a number on the Eagles that maybe is not factoring in just how massive two straight wins for Dallas is when they had a win total that dropped to six and a half post Prescott yep. news. It's a great point, Kev, because Dallas has certainly kept their heads above water here with Cooper Rush, who now, dating back to the beginning of last season, the three starts that he has made, all as an underdog, and the Cowboys have won all three of those Cooper Rush starts outright. It's interesting when you put the NFC into comparison with the AFC right now, following three weeks of action in the National Football League, because four of the seven best prices all hailing from the NFC, and it's the Rams and the Ravens tied with that sixth best number at 14 to 1 to win Super Bowl 57. The two best prices of the AFC, but those next four numbers, Kev, those next four teams from the NFC. So, how do you compare the two mm -hmm. conferences right now where we are about sixth of the way through this NFL season? I think what we've continued to see in the market is the belief is the Bills and the Chiefs are a level above the rest of the conference in a major way. And that is reflected massively in the Bills game this weekend against the Baltimore Ravens, laying three and a half in Baltimore. I don't know what's going to happen to the game. I know that number's disrespectful. Again, home field advantage matters. It's at least what we've always been taught about the NFL. The Bills yep. saw that play in their game against Miami. You know, when you really evaluate, even the Kansas City Chiefs, right, who I'm always high on and kind to, didn't cover versus the Chargers, lost to the Indianapolis Colts. They beat up on an awful Arizona Cardinals team. They've got themselves mm -hmm. quite the test on Sunday night football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Even if the Bucs offense isn't right, they're getting some pieces back. Evans not suspended. Julio expected to play. The Bucs are giving up nine points per game right now. So that's going to be a challenge for KC. I feel like Baltimore, Miami, and, and even Denver, and that stout defense to a degree, are being a little disrespected here in the marketplace. And when you look at that Tampa and KC game, the Chiefs say two and a half point favorite on the road in Tampa Bay. We are monitoring some of the hurricane situation in the Tampa Bay, Florida area right now that has caused the Bucks to move their practice facilities closer to Miami throughout the middle portion of this week and where this game might be played come Sunday evening. But at the moment, KC, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Kansas City has been booked as a favorite in every game dating back to the start of the 2020 NFL season. Kansas City is just 19-23 and 23 against the numbers. Something to keep in mind. But, Kev, as we look for value around the NFC right now, we showed you the divisional favorites, but it fe still feels like some teams certainly are in the running that aren't a divisional favorite at the moment. You mentioned the Vikings, heavily favored to make the postseason. The Niners still with Jimmy Garoppolo, favored to make the postseason. The Giants and the Cowboys entering last night, a plus 130 price to make the playoffs. And the Saints, although it has been a struggle here so far to begin the year, also can be a wild card potential type team. So how do you evaluate the teams in the NFC that aren't our divisional favorites at the moment? Can I go off the graphic? Is that, is that allowed? Please. Do I, do, yeah, for sure. The Cardinals are plus 320? I, now, I know that, that they haven't been fantastic. I, I hear you. But Hopkins is going to come back. That they have true. been a way different team when DeAndre is there versus when he Very isn't. True. He'll be back week seven, so they only have to survive three more. At Carolina, tremendously winnable. 
Home against the Eagles. At least you're home. Are the Eagles going to win every game? Maybe. That'd be sweet. At Seattle, again, tremendously winnable. Probably favorites in the football game. Now, I'm not telling you that they're going to be, that they're going to win all three of those games. But two and one is in order. It's, it's certainly up for grabs. So, I, plus 320 on Arizona with Hopkins back sooner than I think people realize feels a little too much. It's a good point because when DeAndre Hopkins got injured last year, we all forgot the Cardinals were the last remaining unbeaten team in the NFL. We'll continue to look at the NFL in the early lines for week four up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Week three of the National Football League regular season came to a close last night. Two days off from NFL action, and week four begins on a Thursday night. It is never too early to look at the early lines for NFL week number four, especially when it's the morning after. Join with the early line, because Kevin Walsh is here, and the early lines preview takes place on the early after. My only hope right now is that Donnie Wrightside is not watching GMA <laughs> on this Tuesday morning because he is still mad that he does not have a stinger am- animation as he, he joins us each and every... <laughs> Listen, I know things got a little tangy on the early line today, but we do appreciate Donnie Wrightside, Kev, right? Well, I, I, certainly, uh, the morning after appreciates Donnie Wrightside. We know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, no, that was, it depends on the day. Depends on the I day. mean, you never know. You never know how things are going to shake out on the early line. But one of the segments they do is the early lines. And we bring that over here to the early after with the early lines. Look at week number four of the National Football League. How many times did I say early right there? Take the over. It will be an early start on Sunday across the pond in jolly old London for the first of the NFL games in the international series this year. The Minnesota Vikings, Kev, taking on the New Orleans Saints. It's a two and a half point spread in favor of the Vikes on Sunday against New Orleans. Now, this was a game, Kev, that we thought maybe would be a little bit more competitive than where we stand entering week four. It has not been the greatest showing for New Orleans to begin this season, starting off with three divisional games in the NFC South, and they are just one in two in those games. How do you look at this matchup in London between Minnesota and New Orleans? The New Orleans Saints are one of very few teams that are 0-3 against the number to open up this season. We do our Moneyline Dogs on the pick six for the early line, and in week number one, I went with the Falcons. They collapsed in that game. But I didn't forget that. And I came back last week to the Carolina Panthers. So to watch that game play out wasn't super surprising. The Saints offense right now does miss Sean Payton. I don't know why people were so willingly ignoring Sean Payton's absence, it felt like, at times during their Saints breakdowns. This is a guy that would win games with Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. I mean, if he gave him enough time, he probably would have won a game with Ian Book under center, honestly, for the Saints. Every single opportunity he had to find a way to win with a new quarterback, he did. 
Yep. It makes a difference. The Saints defense is still pretty solid, right? It's not as good maybe as years past, but the problem right now does feel to be Jameis Winston having some of the turnovers. You look at Jameis Winston, 365 yards at the end of that game. A lot of garbage time. Gunslinger Jameis has been back the last two weeks, right? Five touchdowns in two games. That's the worry sign for the Saints. It's why I think we saw such a reserved version of Jameis when Sean Payton was there last year with Jameis Winston at quarterback for the beginning of that season is they know what happens when you let him loose. He's going to complete 50-yard bombs and then find, in this case, what would probably be a Minnesota Viking. It's very, very true. And you see those numbers right there on New Orleans that we displayed. 0-3 against the spread. Kev is right. There are only three teams in the entire NFL that have yet to cover a number so far this season. The New Orleans Saints, the New England Patriots, and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are the only winless team straight up in the National Football League. And the Saints have been booked as a favorite in two divisional games, and they should have lost both of them outright, but they came back to beat the Falcons because Atlanta is going to Atlanta at times. The Minnesota Vikings, 2-1 and one so far this season, but it hasn't necessarily been pretty either of the last two weeks. The Vikings certainly could have gone down at home, not covering against the Detroit Lions this past Sunday. The first game in London this year. This stat coming from our associate producer, Joe Frizo. I believe 21 NFL London games now, Kev. We have never seen a game where both teams have entered above 500 in their overall <laughs> records. One and two, New Orleans. Two and one, Minnesota. Hope you wake up early for that one on Sunday in jolly old London. But Thursday night, Kev, a really good game. A battle in the AFC. The only remaining team that is unbeaten in the AFC, the Miami Dolphins. A perfect 3-0. and A three and a half point underdog on the road in Cincinnati against the reigning AFC champs, the Bengals, who finally got into the win column against the New York Jets this past weekend. Ken, were you surprised at all to see the Dolphins still greater than a field goal underdog? I know on a short week with a short turnaround on the road in Cincinnati. Well, as you can see there, for those of us that are here on the TV side, the open was one and a half. That's Mm. exactly what I thought we would see under the field goal. And it felt like a spot to, you know, a spot to be smart and, and back Cincinnati, right? You figure the prevailing talk would be a lot about how Miami beat Buffalo. They're maybe the best team in the AFC. Cincinnati, I'll come on. All they did was beat the Jets. But home field advantage being maybe a determining factor here and that short week helping Cincinnati cross the finish line. Well, now we're sitting three and a half. And I don't think that's because everybody like me was thinking about getting involved with Cincinnati. You're crossing a lot of key numbers all of a sudden. This to me says there's a world two it doesn't play. Now, he's not mm. in concussion protocol, but he's dealing with a back and ankle injury, according to the reports. We also had a DNP, I believe, on Jalen Waddle. You would probably think he plays, but if two is out, well, we're certainly going to be above a field goal in this game. What does not correlate to me, though, Ben, is that 47-and-a-half says two of plays. So there, it's things yep. are a little wishy-washy to me. The early look is the 47-and-a-half, I think, towards the under I'm not entirely sold on Cincinnati fixing the offensive side of the football and I don't know if Miami is going to be 100% on their offensive side of the ball 
And we've seen the Finns play pretty good defense at times when they have needed to. Not necessarily against Baltimore week number two, but they found a variety of ways to win. And depending on where you got the number last night for the total between the Giants and the Cowboys, either primetime games this year, eight of the 10 to the under, or at least seven of the 10 to the under as well. 47 and a hook for a quick turnaround on a Thursday night. It's a rather lofty total by those standards as we get ready for week number four to get underway. But Kev, let's look at the AFC here because the Miami Dolphins, before the year got underway, 22 to 1 to win the AFC title. Now the fourth best price for the Finns at plus 950. Meanwhile, the Bengals were up there closer to an 11 to 1 price. Some movement against Cincy, but not drastically. Now just plus 13. How do you evaluate the AFC right now, specifically with the Dolphins and where the Bengals find themselves? So we had to do some preseason projections, just, you know, looking for some plus money. Who's going to make the playoffs? Who's going to miss the playoffs? And I thought the Dolphins to make the playoffs, and I believe was, I want to say like plus 140 range, was a ton of value, right? Mike McDaniel is someone that I believed in. I believed in these weapons. The defense certainly had some talent, and I thought the two would be able to do enough. So far, all of that has been true but when you start 3-0 only unbeaten team in the AFC you beat the Super Bowl favorites in Buffalo the conversation does change right that's why you're asking me here you know how far do we think Miami can go the odds makers don't even think they're live in the division that is still a very strong number that we are seeing on the Buffalo Bills here I I think Miami's going to push them for this division I I really do I do not think people should be ruling out a two and two open to this Buffalo season. I, I do pro football today with Mike Blewett. He's constantly told people, hey, watch out for the early season here in Buffalo. Tough games, tough games, tough games. A lot of them are going to play Kansas City pretty soon. It's it's not going to lighten up here for the Buffalo yep. Bills. I think the Packers are coming up as well. So I think the Miami Dolphins could very well be showing some value, but the playoffs maybe you know different than the regular season i think you could still probably grab a piece of miami to win the afc east i might be more interested in that than a big picture plus 950 in the conference and now they're minus 390 are the dolphins to make the afc postseason a substantial bit of movement to see how the market evaluates them and the dolphins win total now updated to 10 and a half and the over has the juice at minus 135 the buffalo bills though still a minus 240 substantial odds on favorite to win the afc east in the afc south kevin the jacksonville jaguars the leaders in the divisional standings but not Mm. the favorites to win it is the uh, indianapolis colts at the moment and indy now in the win column against another team that finally got its first win of the year on sunday as well the tennessee titans the colts at home in indianapolis a three point home favorite as you look at the afc south kev do you think either of these teams should be the betting favorites or should we be keeping an eye on the jacksonville jaguars so of course we should be keeping an eye on the jaguars the jags i genuinely believe would be the favorites to win this division if harrison bucker was healthy that's probably enough to swing this year if the colts did lose that game to the kansas city chiefs what the colts won that game and one thing I, I've now seen in a couple of instances here, which has been pretty wise by the FanDuel Sportsbook, is I do think they're factoring in next week's results to some of these numbers. The Packers lost to the Vikings, and the Packers remain the favorites in the NFC North. One week of football, 
Minnesota's barrassed on Monday night. The Packers beat up on the Bears on Sunday night, and it made sense. I think the Jags will win this division. But the Colts are a favorite of the Tennessee Titans at home. The Jags are near a touchdown dog against the Philadelphia Eagles on the road. The numbers are understandable, but I still like Jacksonville. And when you look at Indianapolis this year, now the favorites again in the AFC South at plus 110, but as a favorite this season, 0-2 against the spread, not covering by an average margin of 17 points per game. College football, Ben's top 10, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Week number five of the college football season is on the horizon. And as we said last week, with conference action fully underway across the country, this is all very significant. The hunt for a conference championship, the chase for a spot in the college football playoff in huge games across the Saturday slate for week number five of college football. I am Ben Stevens, alongside Kevin Walsh here on the morning after on this Tuesday, but each and every Saturday morning with Joe Lisi in the fold as well. The three of us host college football today, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time until noon. We bring you up until kick each and every Saturday. Kev, I said it last week, and I mean it for week five as well. This is my favorite <laughs> slate of the college football season. The impactful games we have this upcoming Saturday, this is why we love college football on the first Saturday of October. It's, oh, it's tremendous. It's such a good slate. We are having a shoot. Oh, oh, right? We got a lot of wrestling fans out there. We're having a shoot wrestling debate cool on Game of the Week. Yeah. Uh, we, don't, we don't know. It, there's that many options. Uh, if not for a field goal doinking off the top of uh, you know, the post, we might have three very genuine options here. So it, it's a great, great slate of college football, no doubt. We already have one top 10 tilt within the ACC, Clemson and mm -hmm. NC State. It would have been another top 10 tilt had Cam Little's game-winning field goal not hit the top of the upright for Arkansas and come back, but just down a little bit to the left, mere inches to the left. And then a huge game, a Big 12 title rematch between Oklahoma State and Baylor, where I think you could make the argument right now the Pokes are in that pole position to represent the Big 12 in a championship game and potentially a college football playoff. So all of that, Kev, is factoring into my updated Ben's top 10. Let's start at number 10. Back inside the top 10, the NC State Wolfpack that began the year at number 8, a disappointing season opener as a 12.5-point favorite in an in-state showdown against ECU where NC State very well could have lost that football game. They win by one, but don't come close to covering. Now they are back into the top 10, with a huge opportunity this week in Death Valley in Clemson, South Carolina. Penn State moves up to number nine in the country. Did not cover against Central Michigan, but I think Penn State looks very live to contend in the Big Ten Conference. Kentucky remains where they were last week at number eight. And there's Oklahoma State, Kev, all the way up to number seven in the country. I feel very strongly about the Cowboys. I think their defense can start to turn it on in the offense so far this season under Spencer Sanders has looked very good. Oklahoma State, in my estimation, Kev, I mean this sincerely, is the team the Big 12 needs to be looking at right now if they want a spot back in the college 
football playoff. They did not have one last year, as Oklahoma State was mere inches away from the goal line of winning a Big 12 title and thus possibly mm. appearing even in front of Cincinnati in the college football playoff. Oklahoma State now, Kev, is my focus for the Big 12 as their best opportunity to get back to the CFP. So Oklahoma State is obviously in a huge game against Baylor on the road. This type of game on the road, is, it's obviously a major environment. The problem for me with Oklahoma State, Central Michigan game gets crazy for no reason. You don't love that. You beat Arizona State by 17. Now we start doing some, you know, extra evaluation on Arizona State and the fact that Oklahoma State maybe knew the full playbook thanks to some madness going on there. Well, that doesn't feel great. And then you beat Arkansas Pine Bluff. So uh, while you are obviously correct that Oklahoma State, with their unblemished record, is the front runner runner in terms of teams that can make the college football playoff from the Big 12. I don't know if I can agree with them being in front of a Kentucky, whose win over Florida, I think, looks even better with that Tennessee game. I think there's a world maybe Tennessee even belongs in the mix here. I'm assuming they're not going to crack the top six. Otherwise, that means we're going to have madness break out on this show. And I'm not even sure if your boys from NC or, or Penn State, rather, excuse me, don't deserve a bit of acknowledgement. Even if Auburn's had a little bit of shine taken off them with that overtime victory against Mizzou, Penn State, I think both sides of the ball, has largely been impressive here. Kev, all very fair points because my top 10 takes in the things that maybe the original rankings do not in the AP poll or the coaches poll or by the time we get to the college football playoff because we are a sports betting show and so those angles as we evaluate teams certainly come in to the fold penn state 80 to 1 to win a college football playoff national championship tennessee 80 to 1 to win a college football playoff national championship utah who might not make my top 10 again even if they win the pac 12 because of <laughs> how they spurned me week number one on the road in the swamp 60 to 1 to win a college football playoff national mm -hmm. title all of those odds better than where oklahoma state is right now at 100 to 1 yet the Pokes have the best odds out of the Big 12 right now to win a national championship. No updated conference mm -hmm. odds currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And as we know, your path to a college football playoff as an undefeated certainly or even a one-loss conference champion is a huge opportunity. And Oklahoma State right now has that chance. A two-and-a-half-point road underdog in Waco this Saturday. Very strong trends. Dating back to last season, Baylor 8-1 and one against the spread as a home team under Dave Aranda. Oklahoma State last year, a perfect 3-0 against the spread as an underdog. Two of those three covers winning outright for the Pokes. A huge game on Saturday. If Oklahoma State does falter on the road in Waco, that would be a huge detriment not only to where they find themselves, Kev, in my top 10, but the Big 12 in general let's keep rolling here four through six number six in the country i look forward to your thoughts on this one michigan remains at number six in my top 10 usc number five in clemson jumps both the trojans and the wolverines number four once again kev as clemson in my estimation the most impressive of all three of these teams performances in a huge acc game on the road against wake force no the tigers do not cover as a seven and a half point road favorite against the deeks but they win in double overtime 
And the biggest question for Clemson all year, DJ Uyangongalele and that offense, well, they stepped up in a big way with a 51-45 victory against Wake. So I think all of these performances were fascinating, and it's going to be in the eye of the beholder. For Clemson, hey, DJ Hugh, welcome back. Five passing touchdowns, 370 yards. Apparently all he needs to do is get to overtime against a ranked opponent, and we feel like he's back. (laughs) But do you trust that? I'm not sure. Yes. Because I tell you what you don't want if you're Clemson. That 44, 45 points scored on you. That's not how that's drawn up at all. Right. This was supposed to be 1A, 1B with Georgia maybe, right, for terms of best defense in college football. Mm-hmm. That can't happen. I mean, what did Georgia give up? 45 points all the last season outside of the games maybe versus Alabama. So that, that game, again, I think it's an eye of the beholder game. USC on one end, whoa, defense, welcome to the party. You held somebody to 14. A gutsy win in Corvallis, Caleb Williams. I mean, why wouldn't he? You almost should have seen it coming a mile away. I think there is something to be said about USC being put under the gun a little bit and having to prove that they can come from behind there. Things have been so easy for USC early season. But the team you want me to talk about is Michigan. Because I've Mm -hmm. said a lot of kind words about the Michigan Wolverines. And they went out there and they did not cover as a 17-point favorite against Maryland. However, we had seen a young baby Tagovailoa dominating early season against some poor defenses, sure, but the completion percentage for the first time was underneath 70%. Multiple Mm -hmm. interceptions in the game, only through for 207 yards. The Michigan defense started to figure it out in the second half. A backup quarterback-led garbage-time touchdown drive doesn't really change that for me. And here's the other thing, something I've been trying to tell you, Big Ten, Ben. Blake Corum is very live in this Heisman race. 243 in the ground, two touchdowns. Somebody on college football today said they liked his over yards. I don't know who it was. Somebody did, though. I just – I look at Michigan, and I still – I still like what they bring to the table. I'm not going to hand wave them here just because Maryland wasn't boat raced off the field. I think that's okay. As we looked at that game, though, I told you Michigan would move up in my top 10 if they covered as a 17-point home favorite against Maryland. And frankly, they were never really within that margin. They were never really in danger of covering that number. Maryland kept that game competitive. In the first half, Michigan did not cover as an opening half favorite, laying nearly nine and a half or 10 points, and they did not cover by the time we got done with that football game, when they were averaging a 34.5 points per game win margin against Maryland in a six, now seven game win streak. Yes, Blake Quorum was sensational, and Blake Quorum has been sensational. Nine touchdowns this year, seven in the last two games, 243 on the ground against a Maryland defense that allowed nearly 181 on the rushing attack two opposing offenses last year in Big Ten play. All right, let's finish with the top three. If Michigan continues to cover, they will be evaluated differently. A huge game for the Wolverines on the road in Kinnick in Iowa City as a 10.5-point favorite on Saturday afternoon. The top three, Kev, Alabama, still number three in the country. Ohio State, still number two in the country. And despite not covering as a 45.5-point favorite against Kent State, Georgia remains number one because... They have been so thoroughly dominant against their best competition. Power five opponents in the SEC opener against South Carolina and against an Oregon, and against an Oregon team that is still top 15 in the country. 
So I'm not a Georgia guy. I, I guess right. that's just going to be where this where this lands. Again, the or look, they won 49 to three. Am I going to slander the win? Of course I am. Oregon stinks. Bo Nix is terrible. We again, I don't don't try and tell me that why they should have lost Washington State by double digits as a six and yep. a half point favorite. They won the game. Okay, fine. But Bo Nix didn't catch the pick six. He threw a pick six in that football game. Sanford, they laid 53. They win by 33. In our business, that's awful. Sanford was dominant in that game in our business. South Carolina's horrible. Take them, Colorado, Georgia Tech, and let them all play in some different conference that's not labeled a power five. And then Kent State's out there just hanging around all game long. The golden flashes. My word. I think it's more than reasonable. Preseason expectations were Bama, Ohio State, little drop, Georgia. Yep. I'm not sure that was inaccurate. I'm really we've got Georgia booked as the title favorites. Everybody yeah. else so low on Alabama because Texas hung around. Texas is good. Oh, they lost to Texas Tech. Yeah, with their backup quarterback. Texas is good. I'm telling you right now, that's a good football team. I think the most talented group in the Big 12. And every other game, they're winning by a thousand. 55 nothing, 63-7, We'll see what happens if they beat up on Arkansas this week. Right. And then there's the Buckeyes. Your boys. I had a little bit of a moment. I have moments as I break down college football games. I was going to grab the under Ohio State, Wisconsin. I was like, they might hold Wisconsin to 10. And then I went, oh, no. What if Ohio State scores 48? I didn't bet the total. And thank goodness. Ohio State scored yep. 52. I don't think Wisconsin's great. But to get 52 points put on your head, it says something about where Ohio State stands. Uh, for me, I still think both the Buckeyes and Alabama are better than Georgia. It's interesting. I will say right now, Georgia's still the best scoring defense in the country. And against the best competition, Georgia has looked unflappable, in my opinion. All three of those teams, though, Kev, as Ohio State's number to win a national championship has grown shorter within 55 cents of one another. Alabama, a 16-and-a-half-point road favorite in Fayetteville against Arkansas on Saturday. A few closing thoughts with Kevin Walsh. Up next here on the morning after in Fade the Public. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out hour number one the morning after live right here on this tangy Tuesday on Sports Grid in Sirius XM Channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grizz Network. I am Ben Stevens, but I am not the originator of the Spiz Grizz. That would be old K-Dubs, Kevin Walsh, who has been here for most of this opening hour on TMA. Kevin Walsh, a diehard fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. Two Monday nights ago, he was at Philly's home opener at the link, the Eagles, the lone remaining undefeated side in the NFC. The Dolphins, the other remaining undefeated team in the National Football League. So as we round out this opening hour, who loses a football game first? That's what we asked you in Fade the Public. Kev, the public agreeing with the odds. The Miami Dolphins, the Eagles, who loses a game first? 72% of the public saying the Dolphins will go down first. They are a three-and-a-half-point underdog on Thursday 
in Cincinnati. Philadelphia nearly a touchdown favorite against a pesky Jacksonville Jaguars side. So agreeing with the odds there, Kev, and I would assume you are also not fading the public. No, just again, I think the Eagles are in a good spot against Jacksonville this week at home. Jags doing a lot of travel right now, coming from Los Angeles, probably back, you know, back down to Florida, obviously, then uh, to Philadelphia, which is a nice spot there. And, and, and Miami's a dog. I mean, if you're, you know, if you pick the Dolphins in this poll, there's a good chance that you're correct before the Eagles even play the play the game against Jacksonville. So yeah, no, and look, if you go to Week Two, Phillies at uh, the Arizona Cardinals and the Dolphins are at the Jets. I know the Jets are. Uh, better or not as good as the Cardinals, but divisional opponent. You never know what happens uh, on the road there. So, yeah, I think the Eagles have the edge in this market. When will Philly lose, Kev? What will the Eagles' record be when they lose? Mm, oh, oh, boy, oh, boy, folks. Well, I mean, are, is that – what's that? Hold on. Is that, someone in my – I wasn't me. couldn't be me. Someone just said 17-0. Wild scenes. Oh, my God. Whoa. Well, the least biased man in sports media. Look at that guy. Hour two up next.